Way too many first responders are struggling with their fitness, health, and body goals, but you're not alone in that fight. I'm Ted with Fit Responder and with 11 years experience in law enforcement, as well as being a fitness coach for over 15 years myself. I've created some free resources as well as one-to-one professional fitness coaching for first responders. So I want you to check us out, fitresponder.com, or look us up on Instagram at fit.responder. That's fit period responder. And let's see you there. Chat soon. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. All right, folks, I got a good one for you tonight. Coming all the way from Sweden, and I'm going to try really hard not to do an accent because I'm not a dick. I have Dragon. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I am excellent. I, I'm i beyond curious. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I don't know, it's June. Yeah, it is. What is the weather like in June in Sweden? I just imagine it's always like cold and snow there. Is that not true? Yeah, always cold and snow, polar bears, penguins, all that stuff. Yes. Okay, so I was right. Yeah. Now, it's kind of nice. It's been a crappy weather today, but uh, I have to do some conversions on, on to Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah. Americanize but... it for me, okay? Yeah, I'm going to try. it for me. It is about 68 today. Is that a hot day? 68? Yeah, not really. Okay. Because I say that sounds actually pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, summer in Sweden, depending. In, you used to say that it's always raining during Swedish summers, but like last year we peaked in the high 80s. Something okay. like that. So, okay. Do you have, and I, I'm sure there's different parts of the country mm-hmm. get a little bit different weather, but do you guys get all four seasons there? Yeah, we do. Okay. A lot of them. Maybe we have a few extra seasons in between winter, spring, rainy spring, summer, and so on. Okay. That's similar to what we got here. Like you get spring, fall, spring, you know, then it's summer. And then it's, you think it's fall, but then you get, you know, the dog days of summer. I think they call it Indian summer. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Um, (laughs) Someone's going to get offended. Yeah. Can you explain to the millions of listeners why you mm-hmm. picked or why I picked the name Dragon for you? <laughs> yeah, because uh, I play Dungeons and Dragons once a week and have been doing for quite some time. 
So I'm a nerd. I'm proud I of it. I didn't know it was an online thing. I thought that was something like you get your group, you hang out in your mom's basement, and you play Dungeons and Dragons and scream for Hot Pockets. I didn't realize it was an online thing. Yeah, um, that's the beauty of it with this internet, if you heard of it. I don't know. I think it's a fad. It's going away. But uh, yeah, it's easier. I mean, we have we have some sort of life. I mean, I'm a nerd, so I don't have life, but work and stuff like that it's easier to just get online and play on zoom or something like that it works really well actually so your english is very good and i've noticed with um i think you're probably only the second person that's been on the podcast where english is probably a second language yeah. um big day for me that's a that's a, Euro- a european thing right like you guys learn yeah. multiple languages right yeah, we do. Um, we all TV shows and stuff like that. It's in English, so if you watch it, yeah, you have the subtitles, but you pick it up. You start learning English when you're eight years old in school, something like that. And then when you get up to, I think it's high school equivalent, uh, you pick a, another language, which is usually French, Spanish, or German. What's your third language? Uh, German. But uh, it's been a while since I used it. Okay. I can order beer and big chicken, something like that. But I mean, you get around. So you said that you watch a lot of American TV. Is that mm-hmm. uh, is that one thing we do well as Americans is entertainment? Because I get the feeling all over the world, really a lot of what people watch is American movies and television. Yeah, is that- I think. Is that your perception, at least in Sweden, is a lot of American shows? Yeah, it is. Uh, A lot of American shows. Uh, I think, like, for me, it's like a bit like an escapism. I mean, if I'm watching a Swedish show, because they made a police show, a Swedish police show that was very true to life. But I don't want to watch that when when I'm home and just trying to relax, because... Then it was something like, okay, that's what I do at work. But if you watch American shows and movies and stuff like that, that's so far away from our normal normal days. So it gets, I don't know, more fantasy or relaxation. Okay, so that leads to my, I was going to ask this later, but we're going to stay on this line of questioning. (laughs) Escape, um, it's like a fantasy. Mm -hmm. What What is your perception of American life? I mean, there's two parts of it, I think. One part is what you see in movies and TV, the American dream, beautiful people living in Los Angeles and movie stars and stuff like that. And the other part is like what you hear in, in the news uh, with uh, gun violence, obesity, and some poverty in some parts. I think the, I mean, the truth is probably somewhere in between. Now, I'm curious about Sweden, because you mentioned mm-hmm. we'll just start with the poverty, because yep. obviously there's no gun violence in Sweden. Yeah, but... there is. <laughs> there is. And that was one of the questions I had from yep. somebody on Facebook was mm-hmm. that type of issue in Sweden. I mean, I don't know the first thing about Sweden, but mm-hmm. do you guys have impoverished areas or is. I guess tell me, I guess, about the culture in that country. I mean, it, it do are most people like okay? Like, do you guys have a universal income or anything like that? No universal income, but 
and this is i think is part of the problem we have with crime and gangs and stuff like that is the swedish model if you want to call it that is based like around how sweden was in the 50s and 60s because uh, sweden was never really part of world war ii we were state neutral so after the war we were pretty well off which meant that the state a lot of money and we have the social security and the way you get paid if you get laid off work if you're sick you can stay home with the child for a year and still get paid so the baseline is no we don't have poverty in that regard but um, with uh, migrations and stuff like that people trying to use the system and i mean the system gets hollowed out money disappears so we're getting there i think that they're just yet you know what i don't even know if we're going to talk about policing because this is super interesting <laughs> we'll talk we'll talk about you at some point but yeah you mentioned immigration and mm-hmm. using the system yeah which i think a lot of americans their ears probably perked up hearing that yeah can you I, i'm curious what that looks like in sweden are you guys getting a lot of people immigrating to sweden is it kind of burdening the system so to speak yes and no um i think we had a big migration in 2015 Uh, a lot of people coming from syria and at that point in time the swedish government a famous quote from the prime minister was open your heart which was like okay yeah fine but i'm gonna keep my wallet shut but that's not how it went. So a lot of people from Syria, from Afghanistan, um, different cultures. And I had a colleague of mine several years ago. He's from Palestine. And he told me when he went back with his family that in the markets there, they, he found uh, people selling instructional videos or DVDs, books, stuff like that, on how to get to Sweden and what to say to get the most amount of money from the state so the state is paying immigrants yeah not immigrants per se but uh, in the social security system so if you don't have a job you get paid from the government if you're sick you don't you get paid from the government we have uh, uh, like state child support which is uh, if you have a child you get around 150 dollars a month just for having a child. I mean, if you have more children, you get more money, which is an incentive to just not work and have more kids. For some, I have to say, I have one child, so I'm going to stick to that. But also stuff like, uh, say, if you are married, you get here, you immigrate, or Swedish people for that matter as well, uh, and you separate you can get money from the state to help pay for rent if you have a hard time paying rent. And what some people do is they divorce on paper. So they get a second apartment or help to pay for a second apartment from the state. Then they stay together in one apartment and sublease the apartment they got from the state, which means that they get subsidized from the state for one apartment, which they rent out, gets paid for, and then they still live. So they get double income. So stuff like that, that's draining the system. Interesting. 
you know, it's it's kind of interesting hearing it from you because we mm-hmm. kind of we have a lot of the same issues. They may be called different things, but it's basically, yeah. you know, the same like you see it a lot here where people have they have a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah. People have a lot of kids and they keep having kids. And, you know, there's videos of people like the government needs to give me more money to pay for all these kids. And mm-hmm. it's like Uncle Sam didn't fuck you. You know, like you're you're sleeping around like, yeah. you know, maybe perhaps there's a better way to go about this. But it, it is mm. interesting to hear that because I think a lot of us have this uh, really I don't know. I, I have this view of Sweden being a pretty laid back place with very little problems, which is that's kind of the way it's presented, at least, you know, because everybody points towards um you know, like you guys in Norway and Finland and stuff as being, you know, having these great systems in place. But it sounds like there's actually issues. They just we don't hear about those issues because it's not convenient, is my yeah. opinion on it. And it's pretty much how I see it as well, because we don't see I see a lot of it since I work where I work. Um, but I think a lot of people live in happy fairy rainbow land still. They don't see the problem. They don't see the crime that comes with it they don't see all this uh, all the problems that come with it i mean just check the numbers because in 2022 it was 20 percent of the population in swedish was not born here and um, which is a high number and that in and on of itself is not a problem it's just what you do because swedish culture in general is um, you go to work, you pay your taxes, you don't burden the system if you don't have to. And that's just the way how we lived. And that's kind of the society, all the rules and um, regulations we have. And you get paid from government if you lose your job. But you're as a Swede, you're expected to just find a job. It doesn't matter what, you will go back to work. You don't want to burden the system. And then we have people who don't care, they don't want to work. And they get money from the government, which is nice. They like it. And they get subsidized housing, which I like. There's no incentive to work. I I feel like we're talking about the same country, right? Now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like you could live here. Mm. I mean as an example, a couple of years ago when I worked um, I worked with the top Department of Corrections uh, like twelve years ago. Um, I had a fairly long commute and I got sick, uh, like the flu at one point. And just when I looked at my uh, pay sheet, I just figured I get the same amount of money for staying home being sick because I didn't have to pay for my commute as I got when I went an hour and a half each way. So three hours commute a day, then go to work or be home and be sick and get the same amount of money in the end. But, you know, I got, went to the doctor and got some medicine, got better, then went back to work. But the incentive, incentive to go to work is like non-existent if you just can earn as much money just being home. <laughs> I Yeah, we're, we're reading from the same book, I think. <laughs> You mentioned something. I, I want to key into the three things yeah. about American life. So 
The other two we didn't talk about so far are obesity and gun violence. Yeah. Obesity. Are you telling me there's not fat people in Sweden? There are fat people in Sweden, but on the whole, I don't think as many as you might imagine. Not to the extent, I think, to the States. And that's just what I think, because I've been to the States, so I can't say how it actually is there. But Oh, no, we're all fat. It's yeah, true. you're all fat. Yeah. It's true. We're all fat. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just speaking for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're all fat. Mm. Why do you why I'm just curious and we're from all an outsider's Viking, so say what now? We're all tall blonde Vikings, so exactly. Yes. Well, and I was gonna say I, I was curious, you know, from your outside view, mm. why aren't Swedes fat? What are you guys what is the Swedish diet? Is it Swedish fish? And Swedish meatballs <laughs> and hot dogs from IKEA. Like, does it keep you guys in shape? Like, what what is going on? Yeah, I think it's just uh, like grocery prices and stuff like that. Because I had a friend who went to the states um, to study a couple of years ago, and he told me that when he wanted to cook something, just regular dinner, he said, had a hard time finding a store that sells sold fresh vegetables and maybe some fresh meat stuff like that and when he did find it it was like three four times more expensive than going to mcdonald's and buying a happy meal or big mac i think stuff like that probably have quite a big effect because um like say a big mac or around here is maybe eight dollars for big mac with with no fries and drinks and stuff like that I will say when we we made a decision, which is weird, to, I'm still fat, but we try to eat better. Yep. The better here, uh, for sure, like our grocery bill went up substantially when we started buying fresh fruit, fresh meat, mm. that kind of stuff. The processed stuff is fucking cheap. Yep. And I think, you know, a lot of people kind of load up on that shit because it's cheap. You know, yeah. and so that makes it makes sense to do that. But we're definitely we're definitely paying for that. Yeah, but I mean, if I, you I, have to choose between starve and eat unhealthy, you're going to eat unhealthy. Well, it's... and I I wish I could remember the analogy, but somebody was, you know, people are saying like in America, like you have fat, fat, poor people. Mm. And like that, that's a, a thing, you know, there are skinny poor people for sure. But like a lot of quote unquote poor people are fucking fat. Yeah. And I think it is just because of that. So let me ask you this, because I'm going to forget if I don't. Mm-hmm. I had some people that were really curious. What do you call Swedish fish? <laughs> the candy yeah. in Sweden. Is it still called Swedish fish? Uh, no, um, it's called like gummy fish. Gummy fish. So they do not yeah. call them Swedish fish. Like you could not get a Swedish fish in Sweden. Nope. Never seen anything called a Swedish fish in Sweden. Well, except for, you know, fish in Sweden, but no candies. But you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. Okay. I've seen the Americans try Swedish candy stuff on YouTube and things like that, but never seen candy called that here. Interesting. And okay, what is what is different about a Swedish meatball compared to like your typical meatball? What's the difference there? You think first of all, I think they're smaller. The way that's what she may... said. <laughs> yeah. Um 
when I think of meatballs, not Swedish meatballs, I think like two big pieces of meatballs on, a, on some pasta. Um, our meatballs are smaller. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Um, yeah. With meat, onions, eggs, stuff like that in it. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything quite like Swedish meatballs outside of Sweden. That's what she said. So, <laughs> is is IKEA mm-hmm. a big deal in Sweden, or is that like a bastardized American thing? I think yeah, well, probably bastardized American thing, but it's not a big deal. It's just it exists and it's good. I mean, I don't think you'll find a single household in Sweden who doesn't have anything from IKEA. So, but it's convenient. I mean, pretty much every big town and smaller ones have ikea so it's not a big deal yeah it's it's a big deal when your town and that could fade but it's a big deal when you get an ikea it's a yeah. big big deal here what's with what's what's the lingonberry it's like i remember seeing like the lingonberry or something tea yeah. there and it's pretty good like what is what is a lingonberry it's just a yeah. berry yeah it's a, like if you think um the size of a blueberry, a small blueberry, um, but uh, they're red and slightly sour, which falls into the meatballs because you should have Swedish meatballs, mashed potatoes, uh, some brown sauce, and lingonberry jam. That's the way to go. All right, we're going to switch from meatballs in lingonberries to gun violence. Is there gun violence in Sweden? Yeah, there is. Is that something that's been around for a while, or is that a new thing with the new problems that have developed over the last decade or so? It's a fairly new problem. If you go back, when I was growing up, we didn't have gun violence in that regard. It was maybe have some drunk Finns getting into a knife fight, but... (laughs) that about it and guns were not a thing it was just hunters but guns in society as a whole no we didn't have that at least when i was growing up so the swedish are a peaceful people yeah i think so like 200 years since we've been in a war something like that okay yeah i i feel like and not that I know a whole bunch of Swedish people. I, I really know of one Swedish person. Two, actually. Yeah. One of my favorite hockey players of all time was Peter Forsberg. Mm. And then, obviously, I'm, I'm going to try not to talk about ghosts the whole podcast. Yeah. Um, obviously, Tobias uh, Forge is you know somebody I think is a, a great musician and very smart guy. But he's yeah. kind of like a very passive guy uh, for a dude that wears face paint and does a bunch of weird shit. You know what? That is a thing, though. You guys are peaceful people, but you guys produce some fucking heavy-ass death metal. That we do. How what? How the fuck does that work? Is that just pent-up rage from being peaceful <laughs> all the time? Yeah, probably. You need an outlet somewhere. So death metal is this. All right. So we need to we need to back up because I've done a lot of the shit really out of order. Yeah. And we got. I want to get more into the gun stuff, but first, mm-hmm. I think we need to establish. Who is Dragon? But Dragon, are you having anything to drink tonight? An adult beverage? Yes, I do. What do you got? I got a 23-year-old Ron Sakapa. 
Dark Rum. You mentioned your rum guy, which I appreciate. Yeah. I'm a bottom shelf rum guy. Mm-hmm. Again, American cheap. But I do like a good rum. Is that a popular drink in Sweden? Or is there, a, like, what would be a typical Swedish drink? What's a classic Swedish drink? Are we talking hard liquor or because beer is, like, the baseline, I think. I would say, yeah, what, what would be, like, a popular beer there and then, like, a, a hard drink, too? Say, like, Heineken or Carlsberg, uh, Falcon, which is a Swedish brewery. They're, like, if you think beer, 1.0. I mean, like, Coors Light or Budweiser, stuff like that, except better. Um, and uh, vodka, I'd say, hard drink, something with vodka. Okay. I feel like the closer you get to the Arctic, the more likely you're going to be to drink in vodka. I think that's mm, a yeah. thing. Yeah, you get to stay warm somehow. And we got a lot of potatoes. So, I mean, vodka. I like it. So, Dragon, tell the millions of listeners a little bit about you. Why did you get into law enforcement? Exactly. I've been wondering that myself (laughs) (laughs) Um, from time to time, but I started out, slipped into it, basically. That's what she said. Um, When I (laughs) I was working as a security guard uh, when I was studying, and then I got offered to start working for the Department of Corrections, which I did, and I kind of enjoyed it, but then I realized I hated people. So I started uh, as a dispatcher because I, I mean I enjoyed the camaraderie stuff like that, but I didn't enjoy people. So I worked as a dispatcher for a few years. Um, told myself I'm never gonna be a police officer when I started because I hate people. Um, then again, we got real close with um, the patrol officers started hanging out in private yeah, but and a few of them said well you shouldn't you should apply you should you should, would be a great cop you should join so i did and here i am that is a, a story a very common story i'm not going to mm. do it and then the peer pressure and then you do it <laughs> yeah and i want to talk about the jailing stuff maybe a little yep. bit later because i'm mm-hmm. I'm curious about how that works there, which I think is probably way different than here. But Mm -hmm. what is the process like to become a cop there? Because we, you know, here in the States, it's, you don't necessarily need college. And, you know, you go through like a a shortened academy. Mm. What is it like to become a cop there? What kind of process do you go through? Uh, You start out by applying for, I'm going to call it the police academy, but it's uh, actually part of the university. But you apply, and you then you have to do some tests. You go to a medical, a physical, and and, the, and talk to a shrink. And if you pass, they have like a, a profile. And this is the kind of people we want. So you don't know if you fit the profile or not. So the shrink is usually where people got rushed out. Um, you do all those parts, and if they like you and you succeed on all the tests, um, you get accepted. Then you start the police academy, which is, as I said, part of the university. So it's like go to campus, and it's two years in university. And then you do six months 
like a probation officer. And uh, then you're done. For the basics, then you have some added training after that. Is the police force like a single police force throughout the whole country or are there individual departments throughout Sweden? And they made a change in 2015. So before that, we had uh, 21 departments. I'm going to call it states, one for every state, but it's not a state in Sweden, but we had 21 and then they changed it in 2015. So now there's just one. Do you have, and because you mentioned you had to go to college for it mm-hmm. first. So basically when you get through the application process, then they're like, all right, now you can go to college. And what, as long as you pass, you get to be a cop. Do yeah. I have that right? That's right. And you don't get paid for going to college either. You have to take out student loans like everyone else. And I think that's, if you're talking recruitment, um, I think we're going to slide away to a different topic. But Okay. Because, yeah. all right. So that was my next thing mm. is if you stayed home, they would pay you. But if you go to college to be a cop, you have to get a loan. That seems yeah. kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, and I think that's one of the problems we have because the police department says they want diversity. We would like some older applicants with some life experience and stuff like that. But I was fortunate to be able to work when I went to college or the academy. So I didn't have to take loans. But I mean, if you're, say, 40 with two kids in a house and you have to lose all your salary and then take loans, which is a fraction of what you would earn. It's, the equation doesn't work. It can't. So the people, you, they get this kids fresh out of high school because you have to be 18 and finish high school, then you can apply. Uh, and that's a, that's a big problem because other departments or agencies, we say for the customs, or the Coast Guard, um, which is a law enforcement agency in Sweden, their training is paid. You can get a nice salary for the training. But if you want to be a cop, you have to take loans. That is... I That's insane. I just want to make sure I get this right. So you're basically hired conditionally as long as you pass the academy, but you have to pay to pass... To, to go to this academy that you're already kind of hired for. Yeah. Am I understanding this right? Yeah, basically, but you're not hired. Um, it's like, say, if you want to go to um, to university and study economics, it's the same, except you're studying for the police academy. So you're not hired. Uh, you get hired when you finish the university part and goes out on the six-month probation. Then you get hired for six months and get paid email less. Could you, in theory, could you go to the university, pass all your courses, and then the state say, no, we're not going to hire you? Yeah, and it happens. Oh, because that's basically worthless at that point if they don't hire you. And that's one of the problems because the university part is, first and foremost, university get paid for each student they have from the government. So if they have a lot of students, they would get more money from the government. 
So they have an incentive to have a lot of students and not kick anyone out for being a crappy, crappy person. And then you finish university, you go out on your six months probation. And then that's the part actually where you start working in law enforcement and you see if you work as a cop, who's going to be a good person or a good cop. And it happens that people just they show up. They've been two years to university. They go out on the six months, three months in. The training officers notice that this person is a freaking nut job. Crappy person shouldn't be here, not fit to be a cop. And then the person can, will become separated. And it's bye-bye, two years. All right. And I again, I just want to make sure I'm understanding this mm. correctly. These... This two years, could it, could you study anything or is it a two-year law enforcement degree? Like you need the law enforcement degree. Yeah, it's a two-year law enforcement degree. It's You study stuff like um, law, obviously, but you have driving, shooting, self-defense. All that stuff is part of the training. And you couldn't, if you weren't accepted for the police program, you couldn't just go and take one of the courses and then do something else. So, okay, that's wow, that's still crazy. Hmm. All right, so then let's say so you you know obviously you passed, you got into hmm. it, and then you're in the probationary period, which I'd assume is a lot like FTO here, where they mentor you, teach you yeah. how to be a cop, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you guys carry firearms? Yeah, we do. Are they are are you allowed to take them home with you, or is that like issued out at the department? Yeah, we are not allowed to take our firearms home. We have a gun safe at the department, and we need to keep them there. Okay, I Which think we is... should back up. Mm. Oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to it's, you. Um, no worries. It's one of the things that bump bugs me a bit because by law. If as a police officer you're required to intervene if you see a crime, which is fine, that's the way it's supposed to be, but that means you're required to intervene even on your off time, but you're not allowed to take your service weapon home. That could and be a problem. That could be a problem. Yeah. Well, let's back up a little bit mm. to understand what's going on in Sweden. What are the gun laws in in Sweden? Are people can people private citizens own firearms? Yes, they can. Um, there's two ways to own firearms. One is being a hunter. You have to take a course and get like a hunter's license, and then you're allowed to purchase hunting weapons like rifles, shotguns, stuff like that. And the other way, if you say if you want to own a pistol, the only way to legally own a pistol is well, you can technically hunt some kind of animals with them, but um, it's for competition. So you have to join a pistol club and then be a member for about a year and borrow a gun from the club. And after a year, you're allowed to apply for a license to have a gun at home. But the requirement is you have to compete. So you have to enter a competition i think it's like once a year you have to be in a organized shooting competition to be able to keep your license you don't have to win or do anything you just have to participate 
So guns are not for self-defense or home defense in Sweden. That wouldn't nope. be a legal thing. Yeah. Um, part of the, the firearms law, as it's called, is you have to store your weapons properly. So if you're a hunter and you happen to leave a box of shells sitting on a, uh, on a table somewhere, it's against the law and you can lose your license for that. Uh, wow. Okay. So I think I have ammo laying around down here. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious for your take on it. Do you feel a need to have a weapon for home defense or is that not really a concern in Sweden? Yeah, I don't feel need, not as, as a, except, you know, being a cop having to intervene, but as a private citizen, no, I don't feel the need to have a gun at home. I would like to because I like shooting stuff, but I don't feel the need for defensive purposes. Is there like a pro-gun movement in Sweden where they want, you know, more access to guns? Or is that kind of, if it exists, it's pretty low-key and not like a big movement or anything? Yeah, I'd say it's pretty low-key. Um, it's basically like competition shooters have been lobbying to make it easier for them to keep their firearms at home and train and stuff like that because the rules are pretty tight. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> but uh, just private citizens owning guns? No, not really. And <laughs> this is a very American question, <laughs> but there's no fear of your government in Sweden? Like people no. aren't fearful of the government at all? No, and I think this goes back to what I mentioned earlier with the government being so strong and being so nice um, after the Second World War. So we have something that's called it was called the Folkhemmet, which is basically the people's home or something like that. It's the translation. It's like um, socialist utopia kind of thing. And it was real for, part, for a while because the government had a lot of money and was doing a lot of good. So there's not really been a fear of a tyrannical government in a way. We haven't had to fight the British or stuff like that. So pretty good. Would you say, and I'm curious because I, again, I'm not fucking worldly at all, but <laughs> your government, are there elected officials? Is it a monarchy? How does the Swedish government work? Yeah, so it's Technically a monarchy. We have a king, but the king has no power. So he's more of a figurehead. He goes around and waves and cuts ribbons and stuff like that. Um, but we have a prime minister who's in charge or rather party. So it's four years. They sit um, and they elect um, the party. And the winning party has the prime minister, basically like that. Okay, so a lot like uh, England. Yeah. Okay. Now, you mentioned, you threw out a word that uh, us here Americans get a little concerned about is mm -hmm. a socialist utopia. Yeah. Is Sweden a socialist utopia? Would you consider it a socialist country? Yeah, it is a socialist democracy. Um, I think that's how it's, how we see ourselves, or rather how the state sees itself. Um 
I don't see a problem with it as long as it works, which kind of doesn't. <laughs> well, you know, and, and you said something earlier, which I, I kind of, it resonated with me about, you know, the way it should work. And and I think honestly, the way most governments should work, and I think people would be okay with it here, how it should work is the self-reliance on the government isn't there. You mm. lose your job, you, you go get another job yeah. where, you know, it, it's never going to work when there's an expectation of people to be taken care of. Mm. And I think that is the problem that kind of the root of a, a a lot of big problems here in the United States is there's a big segment of population that I think can work and they choose not to and not to get overly political, but I think there's people on the right and left of that, that choose not to work and they choose like, to me, it's kind of like a, it's embarrassing right yep. to like not have a job like it's yeah. it's a prideful thing to go get a job where some people are and and some people just don't have that drive and so i think mm. you know when we hear the word socialism like i hear that and i'm like yeah that can't work because people aren't going to do their fair share quote unquote you know what i mean mm. and that i again i i think so so many things are more closely related than people even realize um but i think that's kind of the same idea here is like you know, we want to have the safety net for truly the people that cannot care for themselves, but that's turned into like, I don't know, 30% of the population yeah. or 50% of the population. It's just not sustainable and it's not sustainable anywhere. Like people need to get off their fucking ass and go to work. Yeah. And, and that's the problem I have with socialism. I like socialism as a theory. I mean, if I get 6A, I fall down the roof and break both my legs and I can't go to work for a while. I want to be able to pay my bills and I'd be happy to just accept money from the state till I get better. Then I go back to work and I'm happy to pay high taxes for someone else to do the same. If I know they are going back to work when they're better, which they don't, they don't want to work and that pisses me off. And I don't want to pay those taxes anymore. But I think, and that's the thing in the fifties and sixties, it worked. People went to work when they were sick, after they have been sick. If you lost your job, you got another. You didn't sit around just collecting money from the state. That's that's not how it is anymore. <laughs> this podcast could take a dark turn, but we're trying <laughs> try to keep it light. So I, I'm curious, because is capitalism even a thing there? Like, if you wanted to start your own business can it grow in that type of system? I'm just curious because I, I'm not there. I'm curious for your take. I mean, obviously, IKEA has grown. That's a company. Yeah, IKEA, Spotify, Swedish, Ericsson, Volvo, all Swedish companies. Um, so it can work. Absolutely. Um, but I think that's also a problem both with the globalization in one way, but... If you start a big new company, uh, say you start IKEA today, uh, and it becomes what it is, I wouldn't want it having headquartered here, uh, because as long as they have to pay high taxes for companies as well, and I wouldn't mind if it worked. But if my company's earnings go to some weird socialist art 
you want to display in um, in Stockholm. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> okay, we're on the same page. <laughs> well, yeah, and like people here get mad because companies leave. I mm. promise, folks, we're going to talk about law enforcement at some point. <laughs> but yeah. companies companies leave, which pisses me off too. Like everybody's mad. Mm. Well, everything's made in China. Everything, all these jobs go everywhere else. They need to stay in America. Okay. These are corporations and their mm. money is like the is the thing. They want to make more money. So yeah, of course they're going to go do it where yeah. it's cheaper. Which I think Obviously. an argument could be made about like modern slavery in some of these mm. countries. Like you buy Nike's, some little kid fucking made your shoes, mm. okay? Yeah, never you buy be behind that. Yeah. Stuff made from children cuz they have no sense of quality. <laughs> Oh, that's I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> Classic. Um all right. I like you, Swedes. Dark humor. At, well, I guess it's late for you. It's only noon here. Hmm. Child labor jokes are funny at all times of the day. Yes, yes, they are. So we kind of really got off track hmm. from the gun violence thing yep. to uh to world economics which is not something I should discuss because I'm an idiot. Eh, same here. What is the source of the gun violence? It's crime, organized crime, or rather criminal gangs. The gangs, uh, has there always been an element of gangs or is this like kind of a newer thing that's been growing? Uh, it's a newer thing as well. Um, we had something called the, Direct translation would be something like the Million Project, which was like in the 70s. It's when you start building a lot of cheap, crappy apartment complexes and putting people in there who were, I think the idea was to help them grow like immigrants or people who were living out of the state. They all get put in there. And now with the, the immigration looking like it is, a lot of people from the same cultures all go to the same areas and we get a separate mini society with their own rules. And then we have problems. I want to dive into that. With They mm. live with their own rules. Is that by their choice or the government says, you guys do your own thing, we'll leave you alone? Yeah, it's their choice, 100%. Okay, okay. so they're basically, God damn it, you're going to make me go on a rant. Um <laughs> I'm just going to say this, all right? And I don't mean this as a derogatory thing towards anybody, mm -hmm. um, because I think it applies for a lot of different people. You, you, And obviously the people causing problems in Sweden are listening to the podcast right now. Yeah, but obviously. You can't, if you move somewhere, like I'll use my move from Colorado to mm -hmm. Iowa as a good example. You can't move somewhere and change it into where you came from. That's not fair to the people that were there and were established. And I think that's what, like, my rant on Colorado is all these fucking people from California moved there in the 80s and 90s, and they changed the landscape of the whole state. So people that have lived there for 100 years, and I know people are screaming like, well, the Native Americans live. I get it. It was mm -hmm. bad, too. Right. But <laughs> it's, it's the same story, though. Like, people yeah. move. And maybe that's the story of man. I don't know. But, like. People will move 
and change things into what they want instead of basically respecting what it was. Yeah. Or if I if I move to I don't know, North Korea. They're not That'd gonna be a bad move, but yeah. Yeah, that would be a bad move in so many ways, but I wouldn't be able to demand to have my application form for the one of the four haircuts I'm about to have. Uh, I wouldn't be able to demand to have that written in Swedish. They would just shoot me. Yeah. But here, I mean, you can. I mean, there's been people living here for like 30, 40 years who don't, still don't speak Swedish. Because the government <laughs> will provide just... <laughs> all the tax forms and everything like that. You want it in Arabic? Here you go. You want it in Somali? Here you go. No problem. Oh my God. It's like we live in the same place, man. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> So, like, uh, in Colorado, closer to the border, I don't really see it here in Iowa, but, like, there's a a, a growing Hispanic um, mm-hmm. population in Colorado and lots of places in the southern U.S., really lots of places in the U.S. I, I've kind of always had this stance with immigration, and people may disagree with me. My family immigrated here on boats um, from Ireland and from Italy. So I'm not going to be, well, you can't come here. I don't think that's uh, very cash money of us, as the kids would say. Darn kids. So they aren't darn kids. They say the darnest things. But I also believe in doing it the right way. You know, I would like to hope that, you know, when my family came over here, they followed whatever the rule was back in the day. You know, hopefully mm-hmm. I, I think my name is probably somewhere in Ellis Island somewhere. So I, I really... As long as people are coming here and they want to, you know, what I'm not going to deny somebody else the American dream, but there has to be checks and balances of that. Yeah. Um, but but you would see that is people would come here and then there would be like demands and it would cause a strain on the government. It's like, well, you came here, you got to play the rules of the game here. You know, it's like I'm I'm not going to fucking uh, you guys play sports there. We play hockey, obviously. <laughs> Do you know what baseball is? Yeah, I know what baseball is. We don't OK, play, but I know what it is. Okay, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be a hockey player and demand that they turn the baseball field into a sheet of ice so I can skate mm. on it. Like, I and I get like there should be, you know, if we can be helpful to our friends coming over, I'm okay with that to an extent. Yeah. But there's a strain on the system and demands and stuff, and we need this stuff. Okay, we'll go get it or mm-hmm. learn or, I mean, especially now, just fucking get on YouTube. I'm sure you could pick mm-hmm. up English in two seconds, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, I haven't, we have no problem with my tax money going to someone immigrating here who helps them get established, to learn Swedish, to get a job. I have no problem with that whatsoever, as long as they do it. Yeah. Yeah, and that I think that's the thing. I worked at a place, a mall. People make fun of me. I worked at a mall. But I, I worked there for a long time um, on and off. And there was a guy I knew. And, you know, I, I would try to converse with him in Spanish and because I saw him on a regular basis. Yeah. And there wasn't like – it always kind of pissed me off because, like, almost a decade later, there was no English. He hadn't learned any English in, like, 10 years. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to, like, learn Spanish here and, like – yeah you know, as we converse and it's like, come on, man, it's, it's a give and take. And I know it's a complex issue, but Mm. it is kind of interesting. You know, the things you're saying is I think a lot of things, you know, people here are saying, and people are like, well, it's racist. You don't want people, uh, Hispanic people here. No, I don't, again, I don't want to deny, I want people to be able to get out of a shitty country. Like I, you know, God forbid, if I was born in a shitty country, I would hope there was a place for me to go. 
or make it better. That's a different argument for a different day. We're not going to talk about revolutions today, <laughs> but I would, there's a right way to do it. Just do it the right way, you know, but what do I know? I'm just a guy in my basement mm. born in the greatest country in the world. America. Fuck. Yeah. With my, uh, my guns laying around and my mm. ammo laying around everywhere. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. Oh, hey there. It's me. I just want to let you guys know about something. On my link tree, I have links to all your favorite poorly made things. I'm going to have a link specifically to the coins and patches with Ghost Patch, my merch with Spring, and a couple other things. We're going to have Fit Responder on there. We're going to have Officer Privacy on there. And of course, we're going to have RTI Training. If you're going to go sign up for class through RTI Training, use the link in my link tree. And it helps me out a little bit, and they know that I sent you. Check out my link tree for all things poorly made. I'll be updating it as new things come up. Going forward, the link should be on the description of every podcast. And, of course, uh, find it on my profile on Facebook and Instagram under Poorly Made Police Memes. Now, back to the podcast. I still don't think we finished talking about gun violence. No. <laughs> uh, let's, I think we just let's, started. Yeah, let's... I, I don't know if we're ever going to get to that. Maybe we'll get to yeah. it, but let's, um let's jump around a little bit. What is, what is the average day for a Swedish beat cop? Like run through the numbers, you know, are you guys, I assume you guys don't have take home cars, but like, you know, do you guys have briefings? How just tell me everything there is to yeah. know about being a cop there. So average day, you uh, work three shifts. You either work day, Evenings or nights, and usually it rotates. So maybe you do two days, then you do two nights, and two evenings, then one night. And you have anywhere from six to eight weeks uh, fixed schedule, which rotates every week. So you start out with a briefing with uh, the county. So you connect to a virtual meeting with everyone else working in the same county. And have a quick briefing. Then you have a local briefing from your station. Everyone working there. And then you jump in the car and go out. And you work, yeah, eight hours, 30 minutes break uh, if you have time. And then you just wash the car, put it in the garage, lock up your stuff and go home. Do you guys have partners? Do you ride with somebody else every day or yeah. you ride solo? Um, this is one part I think we're pretty different from the States because uh, we have laws which and regulations in the police department as well, which regulate you're not allowed to work solo uh, for safety reasons. Um, so we were always at least two, except for, um, say, a sergeant. I think it would be equivalent like the shift manager can be solo, but that person when would go on calls or stop cars or stuff like that will just show up when needed if something bigger happens. Somebody asked a question about lanyards on guns. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that. Is that a thing you guys do? Never seen it. Okay. You've never seen it either. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't I've never seen it either. I was kind of curious what that's about. I've, I've seen, seen it, seen it. Uh, in military. No police use that. As far as I know, um, maybe there's some specialty police, like Mega Super Ninja 
attack police <laughs> use it, but I don't know. And I know it's, I, I assume it's manpower is kind of based on the county and the area. I assume in the city, there's more <clears throat> in the more rural areas, there's less cops. Is that basically accurate? Yeah, um, it is. And it's, it's a problem. And manpower is a problem. Always has been as long as I've been working. Uh, not enough cops. Is there uh, anti-cop sentiment in Sweden or just people don't, Swedish people want to make death metal and meatballs. They don't want to be cops. This is one thing I, <clears throat> which is negative about our, because we're kind of very connected to the States, as I said, with movies, uh, TV shows and stuff like that. But we also tend to import American problems. Uh, so when Black Lives Matter was a big thing in the States, it also started happening here because we haven't had any incidents like that and it doesn't really happen. But we had protests and there was sort of rioting for a problem which wasn't even in this country. I don't, I don't understand why. What? All right. I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> but was that like natural born Swedens, Swedish people? Or was that more of the newer generation of Swedish people protesting? Or was it a mix? It was the majority was people from countries who don't play ice hockey. <laughs> That is the most unpolitically politically correct I've ever heard <laughs> of an answer. That is, <laughs> that might be the title of the podcast. Hmm. Uh, okay. Which it's still like insane. You yep. guys literally were across an ocean, had mm -hmm. nothing to fucking do with it. Nope. And there's like, what are they demanding? Are they demanding anything? Or are they just fucking breaking shit to break shit? It was. It wasn't as much breaking stuff as like all cops are racist, Black Lives Matter, wah 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 wah, wah basically. <laughs> um, but you guys haven't had any incidents like that. Like I know I talked to um, I caught I talked to cop from the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Oh, so he would have been the third where English was his second. Yeah. It was the second, and he said. That they had, you know, they had a few incidents that were a little spicy. You guys haven't had anything like that? Yeah, we had incidents that were, as you put it, spicy. Um, it was just a few years ago, a kid with Downs got shot. And that wasn't really pretty. In the By media. a cop? Yeah. Oh. By three, three cops. Like 40 rounds or something like that. Did he have and a gun? And this is just break that down really, really quickly. Um, officers get dispatched to location for uh, disturbance um, in the house, uh, relations disturbance. I don't know what it's called, but the man and wife fighting. Yeah. Um, and they get from the dispatcher that people, the guy who's living in the, at least in the same. Uh, in the apartment block or the same the same number is 
known to carry weapons, and he's tried shooting a cop, I think, before. Uh, so they roll up, and you see it's at night, it's dark, and you see a person standing outside this door, carrying a gun. They command him to drop the gun. Uh, he doesn't drop it. They raise weapons. They shoot, uh, yell again, drop the gun, drop the gun. Still doesn't drop the weapon, and then turns around. And the main, when he turns, they start firing, and they shoot him, and he dies. Uh, it turns out that the criminal who lived there, he wasn't actually living there. He was in prison. And the guy who was outside was a kid who had a toy rifle. And he had downs who didn't understand, probably, why they were yelling at him. So that was spicy. Yeah, that's a little spicy. That's a, I mean, that's a bad situation. Yeah. You know, and I, I guess the thing it's I think for outsiders of law enforcement, like it's a hard pill to swallow is like, you know, you shot that guy with that. Like there was one here, uh, Tamir Rice in Cleveland mm. where, you know, he had like the toy gun or whatever. And they, you know, they popped him right out of the car. Tactically, that was a kind of a nightmare. But well, some of these guns, you, you don't know if they're real or not. And it's dark yeah. and it's quick and it's, yeah. you know, and one of those things. Yeah, that's one of the problems I've seen as well. We're talking about gun violence, and so one of the things that's increasing gun violence is 3D printing. We've seen we've seen an increase in 3D printed weapons. So I've dug into that a bit, and I found there are like shells. You print out shells uh, to attach to a weapon to make it look like a Nerf gun to keep it disguised oh, from police. So it looks like a toy. It says Nerf on it and everything like that, but it's a Glock. So shit. Yeah. You mentioned and we'll get into the daily life of the cop Mm. stuff, but we've kind of been circling around guns and maybe we'll get to Mm. it at some point. But the gangs that are an issue in Sweden, what is what is the motivation of the gangs? Is it like the typical stuff like here, like either human trafficking type stuff or, you know, running guns or like drug sales, stuff like that? Mm. So in this part, I think we have to go in a bit on uh, the law as well, on when you get convicted and stuff like that, because basically it's narcotics. It's That's what it is. Uh, and it's turf. That's what they're fighting over. But you have another side to it, which is someone getting offended for something and me calling your girlfriend fat and then you shoot me. And the problem with that is, on laws in Swedish, if you're below 15, you cannot be convicted. You're below the, the age to be convicted for crime. If you're between 15 and 18, like before you're 2018, the harshest penalty you could be sentenced to is four years in juvenile prison. You can go in a homosexual free and kill like 50 people. It's still four years. Holy and it, shit. Yeah. Which uh, the result of this is that the criminals, the, I mean, the career criminals, they don't carry weapons. They have a 15-year-old or a 14-year-old who carries his guns. And then he calls said 15-year-old or 14-year-old when he needs to use his gun. In the meantime, it's the kid who has the gun. And 
14 or 15 year old boys who think a life of crime is the coolest thing since sliced bread doesn't really think about consequences of using said gun. And we have a problem. What are the narcotics laws in Sweden? Are, uh, I mean, is that like actually a crime? Yeah, or... possession and okay. uh, using wall narcotics is criminal. Okay. That actually kind of surprises me. I was kind of expecting like, nah, everything's legal kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. We like our booze, but nothing else. Okay. Now, but if people are getting, like, what's a jail term? Like, let's say you get caught with like a user amount of meth or, well, what, what's the drug of choice actually? What's the drug of choice up there? Uh, cannabis, I think. Yeah. And we have something called the Cristal or Crystal, which is starting to get more and more popular. And I assume uh, I assume that's math, right? Crystal math. Yeah, it's not like run of the mill crystal meth. It's a version of it, but it's an amphetamine. Okay. So yeah. let's just I oh, I'm blown away <laughs> I'm blown away by cannabis too. I would have figured weed would have <laughs> been legal up there. Nope. He got weed. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you get caught with a user amount of weed. Are you going to jail for that, or is that like a fine? You get a stern talking to. That's about <laughs> it. Okay, so it's basically legal. Mm. We don't like it. Uh, well, um, now I'm lying, because we as police officers, we do like weed, because it gives us the ability to execute search warrants, which we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. So in that regard, we like it. But um, yeah, you won't get sentenced to anything. Maybe fine. Okay. all right we have like so much ground to cover mm -hmm. i'm gonna try and do my best so we're not here until like you know midnight your time yeah and i, I want to cut what's interesting to me and hopefully to everybody else is the legal type questions you mentioned like yep. the search warrant and stuff so i'm going to kind of run through some of those things mm -hmm. vehicle stops yep. are you allowed to stop a car anywhere any anytime reason? for any reason okay damn socialist okay <laughs> yeah so we've we've established that um i i don't think we need to go into ins and outs of driver's license registration all that stuff but mm. so as far as like a, a search of a person let's say you're mm -hmm. talking to someone on the street for any let's say you have a reason to talk to them they're involved in a criminal episode yep do you have to have a reason to search their person for weapons or contraband, or do you need something else to give you the ability to do that? You get a few different ways to do it. Uh, we have something called the police law, which is regulates police work. And then you have the criminal justice code. So in the police law, we are allowed to search a person or a vehicle for uh, weapons or things that can use be weapons or things they can use to commit crimes if we have a reason to suspect we will find it so it's loose definition so basically we can search anyone at any time uh, and if we are going to put someone in our cars they will be searched every time okay okay so like what we have here is you, you could do a consent search but if you didn't have mm. that if you had a reason to think they were armed like mm they match the description of somebody kind of thing or you know they committed a you know armed 
crime or whatever, then you, you know, no problem. You could search them, you know, you can search for different things, but if you don't have anything, you cannot search like you and that, you know, we have body cameras and stuff. You fucking make Mm -hmm. up a reason you're going to get it tossed every single time. But for you guys, it's a little more lenient where you're probably good. Yeah. Um, like for example, if you want to search a car, you're allowed to search a car. If we think we're going to find a weapon. And I'm not talking about the gun knife is fine and dandy. That's enough. And uh, so you can search the car for a knife if you think you're gonna find it. And there's a few like time, place, the person. That kind of thing needs to be need to be some sort of reason. Just not like Aunt May, 84 years old, driving her old Suzuki. Yeah, I'm not gonna search her. But you stop a car. Two o'clock in the morning. What the fuck are you here? They live in a different part of town. Yeah, that's suspicious. I'm gonna search you. So you can search your car. Don't find a weapon. But um, I mean, a razor blade can be used as a weapon. So I can do quite a thorough check of the car to find this razor blade and look in small compartments where there might be narcotics. And now we have a crime. Okay. Okay. What about a house? Hmm? What do you need to search a house? Uh, same answer, basically. Um, we don't need a search warrant. This is also one of the important American things. When it happened a few times, we've actually gone into confrontation with a suspect because they wanted to see the documents to show the search warrant. We don't have search warrants in paper. We just, yeah, you can search the house. Go ahead. Have fun. So people have been quite competitive because they want to see the paper. But uh, we can enter an apartment or house uh, under the police law if we suspect someone is in distress and cannot call for help. Then we can enter it at any time. Otherwise, we need a decision. And this is for the criminal code. The thing is that we are allowed to make that decision ourselves if it's a time-sensitive issue. So say... I'm in a staircase outside an apartment. I smell cannabis inside. I want to get inside and I want to secure the evidence. If I am knocked the door, we call the police. They don't open. So if I'm going to call a supervisor uh, and get a search warrant from him, then they're going to flush all the cannabis. So in that case, I can just say, yeah, we have to do it now or we're going to lose the evidence. We go in and then we go in. Okay, so you have to have some sort of exigency. You can't just, if you knock on a door and, you know, basically you can't just knock on a door and say, I want to search your house. No. Okay. You have to have like a a reason to get in the house. Okay. What about, let's say, I I have a scenario. Mm -hmm. Let's say you get, uh, a report of a shoplifting at uh, Ikea. Somebody stole some Swedish meatballs <laughs> yep. and some Swedish Bastards. fish. And so you get a good description. You go over, you find the guy's house. Mm-hmm. And you want to find the stolen meatballs. Do you need any kind of warrant signed by a judge to go look for the meatballs? Or based on your investigation, knowing it's a guy, you can go in the house and look for the meatballs? Uh, we never need anything signed by the judge. Um, 
that's just not how it works. So we have something called uh, like on call prime lead investigator. That's a translation I just made up in my head. But basically that's what it, what it is. Uh, so it's someone who has the authority to make those kinds of calls. And that's a police officer. So you call that person, say, okay, I found Dave. We know it's him. We saw the recordings from the store. Uh, and tell Tim we want to go inside and search for him and the stolen meatballs. And he's going to say, okay, you go ahead. Unless we do, we have the previous mentioned case. We think he's going to flush down the meatballs or eat them because they're delicious. We want to secure the evidence. <laughs> That's then we what she can, said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but in that case, we can just go inside. We don't need uh, to call anyone. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I had a... Where the hell do I want to go with this? All right. So... What about a warrant on a person? Mm -hmm. Do you need a warrant to arrest somebody or you can just arrest somebody? So to be able to arrest someone, um, this is also somewhat convoluted, um, but to arrest someone, there are four criteria. And those criteria are the same for arresting someone as the... um, the court convicted them and sent them to go into jail awaiting trial. So basically, is is this person going to keep committing the same crimes? So if you're a shoplifter and you have been shoplifting 15 times before you've been convicted of it, and you shoplift again, we can arrest you because you're obviously going to commit the same crime again. And the second part, or the second reason, is if you were going to impede investigation, like destroy evidence or threaten witnesses and stuff like that, and you need to be locked up for the investigation to be able to go on. Uh, third way is if it's a flight risk. And as a flight risk, it's not... Um, I, he doesn't want to go to Yale. That's not enough. It's We don't have a... And like an address in Sweden, say we have a lot of problem with um, gangs coming in from Eastern Europe, stealing stuff and then going back home with this stolen merchandise. So if you don't have an address in Sweden, we think you're going to leave the country. Uh, then you can get locked up for that reason. And the fourth way is if it's such a serious crime, you're going to get sent to at least two years in jail. Then it's a mandatory lockup and then you can get arrested. Is there a burden of proof on the street that you need to decide if someone is your suspect? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. like for instance, you may have a crime that's not committed in front of you mm-hmm. and you find someone you believe is the person. Can you arrest them based on your belief or do you need a little bit more? Yeah, I'd say you need a little bit more. Uh, some something that's pointing in that direction okay yeah because it was kind of interesting the answer you gave was and it's probably the way i asked it too was more on like you know the how it's probably how i asked it i'm just gonna take the blame (laughs) for that one but you know i was kind of curious as far as we have to have probable cause that that's the person that committed the crime Mm. and 
sometimes that's a lot easier than other times. I mean, like you got a burglar or something, you're probably going to need some kind of fingerprint or something like that. That that's the guy to do it. And in that case, you know, you'd apply through for a warrant through a judge, that type of stuff. Is there a circumstance where you would apply for a warrant or is it basically all on view arrest? Like, oh, that's the guy. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to arrest, it's on you. Um, no one else can make a decision to say that person's going to need to be arrested. Um, you can be like, if you go to court and they can say, and well, this person was a no-show like that and then they can say okay he's going to be arrested so yeah what about what about if you know who it is mm-hmm. but you can't find him that day yeah then we'll get a warrant out for arrest for their okay. arrest okay um this was one of the questions uh off of facebook which i think mm-hmm. kind of relates to this kind of line of questioning but and real quick, because I, I, the academy, we kind of we blew through that real quick. But I, I was curious: is it a strenuous academy? Is there like like lots of running, and you know, yelling and screaming, or is it pretty low key, laid back? It's academic academy, so it's if you imagine going to university, that's what it is. Except you have fighting and shooting, but no yelling. Okay. But there are physical elements, um, depending a little bit on which university you go to. Um, they're different. I had to, um, we had swimming, um, going in an ice as a cut up lake, and, and doing an ice rescue. We had, I have no idea what it's called, orientation. When you run in the woods looking at a map, trying to find special points, that kind of thing, um, navigation. Maybe um, it's a sport. I have no idea what it's called in English. Um, yeah, so basically that. Okay. It, okay. Depending on which school you go to. So for a DUI, you know, driving intoxicated, mm-hmm. can you force people to give blood yep. to you? We can. Okay. I don't know if I want to go too into the is the DUI there like the process I'm I'm just assuming based on your your deep knowledge of American TV shows including <laughs> yeah. cops. Yeah. Is it kind of similar as far as like do you guys do the standardized roadsides and stuff like that? How does that work? We have a portable breathalyzer. You blow in that. It says you're drunk, you're not drunk, and you go to jail. So, no touching your nose or walking a line or stuff like that. Just blow in the breathalyzer and be on your merry way or go to jail or the station at least. And then to further your evidence, you are allowed to get blood from them, right? Yeah. And the portable device we have only shows positive or negative. So we have to take them down to the station. Well, the bra- will blow into a new, it's called an evidencer, which will show exactly the alcohol content in the blood uh, or the lungs rather and if they refuse then we will draw blood okay uh, now you've caught my curiosity mm-hmm. you said the one either says yes or no yeah is there like a line in the sand or is it any bit of alcohol in the system it'll give you a positive um yeah um, 
it's there is margin of error. You know, people who has had uh, little candies with alcohol in them, and if you use you've eaten that before you blow in the machine, it will can come out as positive. Uh, also, snooze. If you I don't know if you use that in the states. If you know what it is, a what? Snooze. And little nicotine pouches, tobacco you put under your lip. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we call yeah. it. Uh, th- yeah, it's chew. Copenhagen or yeah. two. Oh, yeah, yeah, snuff. That, uh, yeah, snuff. Yeah, uh, if you have that in your mouth, or rather, if you blow through your snooze or Copenhagen, if you want to call it, uh, it can also give a false positive. But in that case, you go in and blow in the evidence for it. It says, okay, this was nothing, and you're on your merry way. What's the limit? that you can blow into is there can you have any alcohol in your system or any alcohol you're automatically a dui yeah. uh, point two is um, normal dui and uh, 10 is um, aggravated or higher there's point zero two yeah wow although i wonder if that's on a a different BAC, right? Now I'm no, curious. It's I have no idea what's called. It's called promille in Swedish. I I wonder if it's on like a different numbering I scale. I don't know if I don't know what a metric DUI is compared to an American DUI is what I'm getting at here. Because most it's, places here it's point zero eight is a DUI. Let's see. We can find some sort of conversion table for this. Uh, so it's point zero, yeah, point zero two percent. Wow! 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 Okay. So I know when I took my driving test way back, and the guy who was teaching that class. Uh, had had a light beer, which is like 0.5% alcohol. Had it with his lunch, and uh, he blew positive. It wasn't enough so, for a conviction, but it was enough for the machine to, to say this person is drunk. So, word to the wise, if you're visiting Sweden... Don't drink and drive. Uber. Uber yeah. all day. Interesting. Okay. You know, I've... I'm kind of of the opinion, at least here in the United States, the DUI is a whole entire fucking industry. Hmm. I'm I think the hokey pokey shit is done is stupid. I I don't know, and maybe some people would argue with me, but I we couldn't we weren't really supposed to use the breath, the portable mm-hmm. breath test, mm-hmm. until we'd kind of gone through the roadsides. Yeah. Um. And that might be different at different agencies. Why are we doing the motherfucking hokey pokey? Just, just do the fucking the thing on the side of the road. Save a bunch of time and energy. You know how many people are hit by cars doing roadsides and being out on the side of the road longer than you need to be. Just stop. Don't do the hokey pokey anymore. Let's just let's just do the portable breath test, and then if they pass, they pass. If they don't, they don't. Also, feel free to buy the cards that me and Ghostpatch sell if you want to remember the Hokey Pokey a little bit better. You know what we should do um, before I forget? 
we need to do the officer of the podcast that reminded me talking about Ghost Patch. Um, if you guys listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you will notice the last two podcasts did not have them. We're getting a little low again. Uh, I got a few more to get us by, but if you uh, know some people doing good work, email me poorly made police memes at gmail.com and I will read the nomination poorly on the podcast if they win and I will send them out a beautifully made patch by Ghost Patch. Which the only place you can get the patch is if you win. So uh, this guy sent in two. We're going to read one today and we'll read one well later today for me, but in a couple days for you guys. Uh, the first officer is a trooper. Trooper Blankety from the Blankety State Patrol. Uh, trooper good guy, because we don't need Toby complaining about Blankety Blankety winning again, is assigned... Uh, in our county and unlike other troopers we've had he that currently just pull traffic on the interstate and major highways he's always monitoring our frequency is always quick to pipe up and offer assistance or even handle the call or any other calls uh, for deputies which has helped out tremendously in more than one circumstance he is easy to get along with and work uh, and work with and is always there to back us up on traffic stops as well so well done Trooper, trooper, good guy, blankety of the blankety state patrol. Does he deserve uh, air horns, an applause, or a T Rex? Always go for the T Rex. Always in Sweden, you get a T Rex. All right. We were talking about DUIs, and I, I was kind of curious. I assume in a big agency like yours where it's basically the whole country, there's probably a lot of different assignments that you can get into. I don't think I'm going to ask you yours just to, yeah. just so we don't dox you here. Mm -hmm. Not that you've said anything too bad, um, except the hockey player comment. <laughs> but <laughs> um, when you get out of uh, of college – and you get hired on, do you get to pick what part of the country you want to work in, or is it kind of randomly selected? This is a big thing to change to make it more attractive. As the way it used to work is you go through two years of the academy, and when you go out for six-month probation, then they will tell you. So you're going to um, this part, the other part of the country. You're going to be there. You should be there in two weeks. Have fun. Uh, now you know when you get accepted to academy, you know at least which county you're going to get. Or state, rather, not county. So you know in advance if you're going to need to move or something like that. So you can't choose, but you can, you can wish which part or which department in the county you want to go to. But then it's based on the need of the department. I'm curious if Sweden is like the United States where it's a little more laid back in the more rural areas, but in the bigger cities, there's more crime and more issues. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think, I think, I think so. And also like the more rural areas is they deal with their own problems. Um, I heard a story a couple of years ago about this is a small, small community in the Northern part of Sweden, which is, I think that would be like deep south for you, like Alabama kind of people. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so the they're fucking each other's, they're fucking their siblings up there. 
real yeah. motherfuckers. Okay. In some parts, yeah. Um, well, that is guy here. I think he used to like be an MP when he was in the army, and that was like fifty years before he was retired. But he was like the local sheriff, so they didn't call the cops; they called him. And at one point, they had uh, some guy who had uh, drinking way too much, even for their standards, so they couldn't handle him. So they had to call the police. And the reason they were called the police was like a two-hour drive one way for the police to get there. So when they do arrive, this guy has handcuffed the drunk to a staircase. So they, they settle their own problems rather than calling the police because it's way too long before the police show up. Well, I mean, there's something to that, <laughs> I suppose. So with the diff, is it pretty easy to transfer though? Like if you were, or is the expect? Well, let me rephrase that. Is there an expectation on how long you work patrol before you move into a more specialized unit? No, you're allowed to transfer at any point, but it's like uh, if you're going to transfer, it's like applying for a job, any job, except you need to be a cop and. And you apply, and if they like you or you have the best resume, you will get it. So if you're applying for something that a lot of people want, you have to be really special to get it if you're just fresh out of the academy. But nothing says that you have to work X number of years before doing something else. What are some of the uh, specialty units that your police force has? We're talking just working outside or working like patrol or we're talking. Oh, yeah. Besides patrol, anything, be yeah. basically anything besides patrol. We have everything from uh, the like SWAT teams. We have two types of SWAT team, basically. Uh, something called uh, what's the regional SWAT team or regional, um, yeah, regional teams. And then we have national team, which is the most specialized. Um, they're like the counter-terrorism unit. Uh, we have uh, the bomb squad. We have uh, traffic. We have K um, nine. We have intelligence. We have investigators. A lot of stuff. You can do a lot. Hell, you can get, become a helicopter pilot uh, if you're a police officer and they recruit recruiting. You will get a paid training to be a pilot. So you can do a lot of stuff. What? What do you think is the most looked down on unit in Sweden? I don't really think we look down on... So you're nice word. to each other. Yeah, well, the one unit is going to get hate. It's like the heavy traffic guys who deals with the trucks and lorries and commercial traffic. There's a few jokes about them, but they're really, they're really good at what they do, but... Sometimes they're only really good at what they do and nothing else. Somebody asked on Facebook, what's the state of mental health among law enforcement there? Mm. I'm sure you've noticed here in the States, we have quite a problem. Um, you know, cops in the United States die by their own hand way too often. Is that an issue you guys have in Sweden? Um, yeah, actually, there was a, we have a Facebook group for officers in Sweden, one big group. Um, that question actually was posted because no one really knows. 
Um, we had a pretty high police chief, the second highest in the Sweden, who killed himself uh, not too long ago uh, with some allegations in the media. And that started the debate because if a beat cop kills himself, it's going to be suicide. No one's going to notice. It's gonna, not going to be recorded. His colleagues going to miss him. His family's going to miss him. But no one's going to know my whole. So I think there's it's a lot more common than we know because there's no statistic about it. A lot of people in the United States, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I assume a lot of things about the job are going to be the same as far as you're kind of dealing with the worst of the worst. I think there's mm-hmm. some internal and external pressures on on from society from ourselves on law enforcement that lead to the mental health issues that we are having. What are the problems that cops in Sweden are facing? Well, first off, it's stress is always a big issue. I mean, you go your whole shift, you can't eat because there's too much to do. If you do it once or twice, maybe three times, it's fine. But if it's every shift, combine that with uh, not getting paid enough and maybe having trouble paying your bills, the stress keeps accumulating. Bad stuff happens. Add to that a rougher climate as a whole. I mean, not that it's cold and dark, which it is, but how we are approached in the street. I mean, a couple of years ago, like 20 years ago, people had basically respect for the police officers. If they told you to sit down, you sat down. The way it is now is, who are you to tell me what to do, you motherfucker? I'm going to shoot you and your wife, and I know where your kids were and go to school. And that builds up. Not to uh, take us in a dark direction, <laughs> but is that type of uh, attitude from the generations of Sweden, is that the newer generation? Yeah, it's the newer generation. Uh, it's the respect for the badge and the uniform is it's not there. The same way it used to be. So you, you said, I don't know why, and this is not fair of me, but like you said <laughs> that you guys are real busy and you guys don't get lunch. And I just was surprised by that because I just think of Sweden, unicorns and rainbows. Yep. And everyone loves each other in Kumbaya. What kind of, I mean, this is a stupid fucking question, but what kind <laughs> of calls of service are you seeing? You know, a lot of domestics. Like what, yeah. what are the big calls for service that are taking up a lot of you guys' time? If we're talking day to day, it's uh, just as small things as shoplifting. If someone's get arrested for shopping, if you have like security guards arresting someone, you have to send the police patrol. The security guards are not allowed to release them if they have been arrested. So the police has to come there and do it. And if you work in a major town and there's not enough cars and you have a lot of people shoplifting, you can go your whole shift just releasing shoplifters. And since they are deprived of their freedom, we have to be there and we have to be there fast. Um, but domestics and uh, narcotics, um, traffic violations, this is like 
a normal day, but we have shootings, we have bombings, we have hand grenade attacks on civilians, on criminals, on the police officers. So, yeah, we have everything from the little thing to the really big things. And see, that's stuff that that doesn't make the news here. Like I've I've never heard of a a hand grenade attack yeah. in Sweden. We had one. Uh, it was two months ago. It was uh, against criminals. Somebody threw a hand grenade. I will put in outside a door in an apartment building. But a few years ago, they threw one at the police station where I work, and it's uh, dumb luck. I'd say um, that no one's been hurt. Um, there's been a few incidents. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a patrol in Stockholm who were going out on the shift, starting the shift, normal beat cops. Um, but um, they weren't out of cars. The cars were broken. So they had to borrow a car from the subway police. And the subway police is they're rough guys. They deal with a lot of stuff. Uh, so they had to borrow their cars. And just by incident, the car they borrowed had uh, added armor plating. And uh, a criminal, some young guy, threw a hand grenade at the car. And just because they borrowed that car, no one got killed because the armor plating stopped it. If they'd been in a normal patrol car who isn't reinforced, it would have been bad. The same went through it at the police station. Um, there's a railway going by the station. So we're standing on the other side of the railway and uh, threw a hand grenade over at the exit where you, the police cars leave the station. And during the th investigation, you could see that they had been practicing because they had been throwing rocks. Um, but when they threw the hand grenade, it managed to hit the cable going over the railway and bounced back and landed on the railway and some cars got damaged but nothing else. I spoke with the investigator in that case and he told me that if he had a thousand tries to hit that cable he wouldn't be able to do it. So dumb luck. I'm, I'm just kind of pulling up some crime stats and I was kind of surprised I mean like you guys are quite a bit lower like total crimes um we have 10 times more crime than you guys. Mm. Uh, but on a world list, uh, I mean, violent crime, you're 10th. Obviously, we're, we are number one, USA, USA. Mm. Um, but, you know, you guys aren't, you know, I guess the peaceful country I thought you yeah. were. If you want to try something, um, go on Wikipedia or just search M75 hand grenade. And go to the Wikipedia entry. Doing it. Yep. I'm sure everybody else is doing it. <laughs> and when you're there, look at the service history on the right-hand side. Yeah. Used by criminal gangs in England, Sweden, and Belgium. And the M75 hand grenade antipersonnel says Yugoslav and war grenade attacks in Sweden. Oh, yep. There it is. Yeah. So, yeah. I know that's Wikipedia, but still. All right. Okay, so here's the that. deal. We have uh, shootings at schools, and you guys have hand grenades. Yeah. And the reason for that is a couple of years ago, 
um, when the criminals wanted to buy weapons from Yugoslavia. Um, they had a lot of hand grenades from the war, and he couldn't get rid of them. So if you bought a gun, you got two hand grenades for free. Oh, so like a buy one, get one deal. Yeah. Buy crappy Russian pistol, get two crappier hand grenades. I mean, it kind of sounds like a hell of a deal. I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. we're not going up there right now. Not. All right. So let's, let's talk about something a little spicy here. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in the United States, if I remember reading right around the time of COVID, said we should be doing what Sweden's doing. And I'm kind of curious how COVID went for you guys. And I want to tell you what my perception was. Yep. And I want to know the actual truth. Mm-hmm. Basically, my understanding is that sick people stayed home, but you guys kind of kept businesses open and let didn't close down and just kind of let things go kind of thing, but maybe with a, like a little bit of restriction. Yeah. Is that basically what happened? Yeah, basically. Do you feel like you guys got through COVID a lot quicker than everybody else did? Mm, not really. No, okay. Because that was the thing. Is basically that what people were saying was, you guys had this huge spike, and the people that were going to get sick got sick, and then it was pretty much over. Where mm-hmm. we basically delayed the inevitable kind of thing, which is kind of an interesting take. I don't know. If, I don't know, I mean, man. I'm not an infectious no. disease doctor. I'm not sure, but w- uh, what was COVID like there? I mean, I think. On the whole, if we had, yeah, I don't think lockdown on itself works unless everyone does it. And it, and I mean, everyone abide by the rules, everyone locks down. If you I mean if the whole world had stayed home for two weeks, we'd be done. But that's not how it works. Um, COVID was interesting because I've never met so many sick people in my life, especially people who had drugs in their car. All of a sudden, they were coughing and had COVID, so we couldn't search the cars. We did anyway, but yeah, it's it, it was interesting. I don't think we got out of it better than well. I think um, we did a lot of this is the Swedish term called kiljissa, which means basically a guy guess, a guy who makes a guess based on no evidence except that it feels like the right thing. So I think that's how we got through it. They were guessing, and maybe this works. Meh. Maybe it's huh. the right way to do it. Okay, that's my feeling. Interesting. You know what was interesting is I was kind of cruising through some of these uh, random stats on the internet, which is probably true because it's on the internet. Yeah, everything on the internet is true. You, so we have ten um, percent more crime total than you guys, but you guys have a fifteen percent bigger police force, which I think is kind of interesting. Per capita, then I think. Per capita. Oh yeah, per capita. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, we would have a lot per... of cops. Oh yeah, which I think a lot of you know people talk about like, oh, it's a police state here, and I'm like, mm. all these places in Western Europe, um, Canada, per capita, they have a lot more cops than we do. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know. And I think a problem with that is we have a lot of cops, but we also have a lot of cops not doing cops things. 
like HR people, you can be a cop and start working HR or the PR people are cops at some point. And we have a lot of investigators and people doing other fancy stuff. Uh, dispatchers are cops. A lot, not all of them, but a few. So there's a lot of cops not doing cop things, which is. Do you guys have tic- Do you guys have TikTok cops up there? Um, I think so. I don't have TikTok. I don't look at TikTok, so I wouldn't know. But yeah, probably. Well, something that I wanted to ask that I actually wrote down is hmm. I'm I'm curious if there's a in the states. We have kind of this, oh, I don't know, culture war type thing going on. And I didn't know if that was a thing in Sweden, too. Are you guys kind of going through that as well? Uh, culture war? The, the culture Elaborate. wars. Of... Elaborate a bit. Well, the culture wars here is there's uh, very... A lot of it kind of has like to cancel do cul- culture. Yes, like cancel yeah. culture. Ah. Uh, you know the. Yeah. I feel like culturally, like people are kind of trying to figure out where they stand on the LBGQ, BLT mm. type stuff, and some of those other types of things. Like culturally, I think the United States is at war, personally. Yeah. And I was I was curious if that was a thing going on in your part of the world. Mm. Yeah, it is to a certain extent. I think it's been. Not as much as LBTQ uh, issues because we're very kind of liberal on that. We have legalized gay marriage and stuff like that. And so and there's not really any pushback on that. But I think the way we have it is oh, since the migration, I keep falling back to that, but we have had a lot of issues with, uh, with that. And at a point, if you called for sterner rules for immigration. You were racist. So with a lot of said anything bad or like immigrants committing crime, you're racist. Um, you, if you wanted to have a Swedish citizenship, there were calls for being able to speak Swedish. And those people were called out as racists. So a lot of that. We had a police chief, the same who's actually killed himself. Um, he said we have a lot of criminal clans, like family-centered criminal organizations. And he got a lot of pushback for saying that we had criminal clans, except not that we're just people who didn't get involved in society and we should, the society should do more to help them and build more community centers for them and stuff like that. And he called it as it was and got a lot of pushback for it. But it's been... I mean, people are starting to realize that maybe it didn't work the way we were doing it. That. Wow. That's kind of crazy. I mean, I think two things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people kind of go astray. Yeah. Of, yeah. Like you can have your way of thinking, which I, I, I think to a certain extent, like you can, you can take a horse to water, but the horse has to drink kind of thing, which is an old, Mm -hmm. you know, but you can build as many community centers as you want, but if people don't want to go to the community center, then they're not going to go. And, but you can also say, yeah, there's some criminal families moving to our country. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he got any pushback on that because it's a factual statement. Yeah. 
I mean, we had there's a Swedish comedy group. This was like in the 80s or 90s, so it's way back. So it was like the punk culture was big. It was that time, and they made a sketch about uh, like a reporter interviewing one of these punks about why they were committing crime and spraying graffiti and stuff like that. And the response was all, "Oh, but we didn't have a community center." So that's why we're doing it. <laughs> and at the end of the interview, the, the report says, well, you had a community center, but you burned it down. Well, 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 but we don't have any community centers. So I think that's basically how it is. I think we can do things as a society. And I, 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 not to go on a rant. Well, okay, so I'm going to go on a rant. <laughs> yeah, go on a rant. A, a lot of people that call themselves Christian... I think part of being a good Christian is loving thy neighbor and helping them out. Mm. Right. And I think we have different ideas on how to do that. And some of them are well-intended and they work and some of them don't. And I think there's some trial and error. And I think that's always going to be a thing, but I don't like this, like, you know, going back to the immigration thing, like how how am I going to tell people not to come to the greatest country in the world? In my opinion, Mm. Uh, I want people to live a good life, you know, but I think you can say without being a racist, but you need to follow the laws here and you need <laughs> to assimilate. I don't think mm-hmm. that's a racist fucking thing to say. Mm-hmm. And I get it's a melting pot. And I'm not saying you can't have your culture, but like we do, you know, there we have our own culture here and, you know, laws and way we do things. Mm-hmm. And, and sure, we could maybe take some things from your culture eventually down the line. But so, you know, you'll people will get mad and they won't want to reach out and do something to help too, which is that's not a very like i i'm not me and me and the lord have some working out to do <laughs> but i feel like there there's some some things um that i believe in and being a good human yeah. being and trying to help out and being a good community member as mm-hmm. much as i want to be a fucking hermit sometimes i think there's some things you can do to be good and i wish you could tell the truth about things too like you can yeah. say a negative thing that's true and factual but we can try something i'm mm-hmm. gonna tell you right now the the ymca or the community center uh, i think that's a low probability thing i think a lot of these issues start at home yeah. but i also think part of being a good neighbor is setting a good example for the youth mm-hmm. right yeah um i think i'm kind of a big believer in that and i should probably set a better example because i don't want people to grow up and be a big fat dynamo <laughs> in their mom's basement running a pod show exactly mm. but i think you can you can control or have a you have a circle of influence and the person you are i think can have a bigger impact than you know and yeah. so i think that it, it is important but ultimately yeah. It starts at home. It starts with mm-hmm. their peers. It starts with and building community centers and handing people money. It doesn't always have the uh, outcome that you would like it to have. Uh, and but that's we should be able of... to talk about that, though. Yeah. And not, it's not a racist thing. Like, no, no. just because, sorry, man, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's not mm-hmm. a racist thing to say, like, well, maybe we've given them enough money. Let's try something else. Like, mm-hmm. no, you're racist. No, shut the fuck up. Like, let's have a real conversation. And you should be some obligations you get this money but you have to do this and when you've done this okay you can get that so and then what you said about starting at home it's something i've noticed a lot in the recent years like you find a kid who's been shoplifting or been smoking pot or something like that you drive them home to their parents and the parents are 
accusing the police. Oh, why did you stop my kid? We had a case not too long ago. It was settled in court, actually. And it, this will tell you how kind of fucked up our society is in some regards to policing. We had a kid run on a bone moped and a police officer on a police motorbike. And the police wanted to stop the kid to have a talk with him. I don't know exactly why, what the reason was. But he refused to stop. And the police went after him. And chased him through a neighborhood. And basically, that's that. And he was um, put in trial for an illegal police chase, basically. And we have several of those cases. Like kids running from cops. And it's the cops' fault for chasing the kid. But why the fuck don't you tell your kids to listen to the police? And if they tell you to stop, they stop. Don't. But these parents are like, oh no, my little angel didn't do anything. Why are the big mean police chasing him? He hasn't done anything. Mwah. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, but they're like the snowflakes and they annoy me. I think you're more of an American than you know, but <laughs> yeah, maybe. just saying. It's all the TV shows and cops show and stuff like that. Yeah, what, what's the deal with that? Do you guys just not... Why is there not Swedish TV? Is it just... Yeah, we have you know, we know a lot many... of Swedish TV. But... Okay, I was like, is there so many shows you can make about um, Swedish meatballs and people start yep. getting bored with it? Yeah, and then they start watching the fifth season of Swedish Fish, and they're like, oh, we don't even have that here. Why are we watching this? Um, yeah, we have a lot of Swedish TV as well, but quality is swing and a miss, basically. Hey, that's a baseball reference. I understand. Yeah, that is. was an American reference. Thank you. Yeah. Before I get into my dumb questions, mm-hmm. I did briefly want to talk to you about your time uh, working in a prison. Yep. In Sweden, yeah. what's the prison system like there? Um, it's based on rehabilitation. In theory, very good. In practice, maybe not so much. <laughs> That's another lie that we are told is we're yeah. like, oh, Sweden, everybody gets rehabilitated and they do not yeah. commit crimes anymore. We need to do that. Mm. Uh, I mean, it works if you want to, but it comes down to an individual. I mean, if you want to live a life of crime, it's great. It works. You have the programs and stuff like that. You get the help. But you can't force someone who doesn't want to. And that's a problem because it's based on we have... Uh, I'm going to talk about the prison system and how it works and a little bit his, uh, on the historical side. And says how the society works. Um, and this still goes on, by the way. So if you're sentenced to prison, um, and it wasn't a, you haven't shot someone or murdered, maybe stolen something, or you're going to serve one to two months, something like that. You're not going to spend your time in jail until you go to prison. You're going to be home, you're going to be at work, and then you're going to get a letter in your mailbox saying, hello, it's time for you to go to jail or go to prison. Uh, you're going to go to this prison at this date. Please show up. And that's how it worked. People showed up. You got the letter said, okay, now it's my time to go to prison. I'm going to go to prison. I'll be back in two months. But now we have a system where people don't want to go to prison. 
so if you don't show up, that basically the system how it works. <laughs> so it's like if you want to go, you can yeah. go, but if and you don't want to go, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you don't get anything else for not showing up. So you have you be sent it to two months. You don't show up. Then you get the warrant out for your arrest. You get arrested. You go, go to prison and you go for two months. Same goes for escaping from prison. Because it's not a crime to escape from prison here. Which what? Is, yeah, no, it's not a crime. What? <laughs> okay. yeah. Maybe depending on how you do it. But I mean, if they forget to lock the doors and you just walk out, it's not a crime. If you threaten someone or take hostages, obviously the crime. But the escape in and of itself is not a crime. So if you're sentenced to, say, 10 years in prison, uh, first and foremost, you will get out after two-thirds. So if you're sentenced to 10 years, you will be out in six, basically. And you don't have, really have to do anything. Just don't shank someone when you're inside and you will get out of six years. But say you escape after three years and you're gone for five years. Then you get found out. You don't get any extra time. You just serve those extra, those three years you were supposed to serve, and then you get out. And that's also, there's no incentive to actually behave in prison and reform because you will get out after two thirds. And now I think if you have a violent offender, who won't be rehabilitated because, let's face it, those people don't change, many of them. Then it's better to lock them up for life and throw away the key because then you have a, one less person out in society to committing crimes and shooting people or stabbing them and raping and stuff like that. But that's not how it works. We had a serial rapist, a sadistic rapist, he tortured his victims pretty brutally, I might add. He's been in and out three or four times for the same things. And we're talking um, knives and humiliations and, yeah, not a nice person. He should just be in, locked away right away and throw, throw away the key. But that's not how the system works. How is the jail itself inside? Is it, you know, we have a lot of, you know, Drugs in the jails, weapons mm -hmm. in the jails, uh, anal sex in the jails. Mm -hmm. So basically like your basement. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, don't judge my lifestyle, okay? It's Pride Month. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> um, what we hear in America about the Swedish jails is it's basically like day camp. And it's mm. very low key and very nice and pleasant. Is that true? Uh, yes and no. Um, if you divide it between jail and prison, uh, since I'm not sure how you have it in the States, but you get sent to jail uh, awaiting your sentencing. And then you get sentenced. Yeah, same. Yeah. Basically, yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah. Or shorter uh, sentences. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Swedish jails have been accused by you and human rights organizations for inhumane treatment a lot uh, because the basically say if you are 
you've been stealing, you've been burglarizing homes, you and a partner. Then would be de- detrimental to the investigation uh, if you and your partner were allowed to speak to each other because you could come up with a story. So people are on solitary in jails. A lot of people are in solitary. If you have, it's called restrictions. Um, and that's a prosecutor who decides. There's no court or anything like that. And the prosecutor decides if you can have restrictions or not. And restrictions are basically uh, no mail, and no TV, no newspapers, no talking to other inmates. And you can have a variety of those. So you can have no mail and no newspaper, but you're allowed to talk to other inmates. Or you can talk to other, not talk to other inmates, but have a TV. So you can, for like serious drug crimes, you had, when I worked there, in, I worked in, both in a jail and a prison. To work in jail, we had someone who said it was three years in solitary because of a major drug crime with a lot of involved parties. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, the treatment, well, the United Nations says it's inhumane treatment to have people locked up in solitary that long. Um, but when you come to the prison, and also in jail for that matter, you have a TV, you have a bathroom on your, in your room. Some rooms where I worked at the prison had a shower in the room. You could have uh, video games as long as you couldn't connect them to the internet or use storage media in them. Um, and you had like, I mean, it was nice in that regard uh, for them. Uh, but there were also violence, there were hidden weapons and fights, drugs. And the drugs we have in, in uh, prison isn't as much smuggled from the outside. It's actually prescription drug, drugs because for some reason, all the criminals have uh, ADHD as soon as they get in. So they need medicine for that, which just happens to be amphetamines. So they get that prescribed from a doctor and, and they smuggle those out and sell them and stuff like that. Oh, good. A lot of medication. In person. So what you're saying is it's jail's jail. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And they have different, it worked in a maximum security prison. So we have, I mean, the the more open prisons, they work, they haven't worked there, so I'm not sure how the day-to-day is, but basically it's, you can have something called uh, extended leave, which means that you are locked up during the night. So you're in prison, but after breakfast in the morning, you're allowed to leave, and then you have to come back before they close the doors at night but you're free to to roam around or go to work or go to school oh yeah we got we got the same idea here okay it's a thing it's a thing okay sorry man i just went fishing (laughs) and i fucking found a tick on me and i was like motherfucker Ah, yeah we have a lot of those here Oh, a little Lyme disease never hurt anybody. <laughs> Probably. At least we um, get vaccinations for that from the police force. So that's good. I didn't even know there was a vaccine for Lyme disease. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. No pain, no gain, I suppose. 
Uh, by the way, you guys want to hear a fun fact? I have not caught a fish since the 90s. That's embarrassing, isn't mm. it? It's yeah. been a long time. I went fishing uh, in my youth, and I'm really impatient and decided it wasn't for me. <laughs> and recently, my kids have got into it. And I was like, you know what? I go do some fishing. And maybe in my old age, I'm starting to mellow out a little bit, and I don't mind it as much. Uh, I'm still kind of impatient. but uh, Dynamite I mean, fishing. I could do that, actually. That could be fun. Yeah. That, is that what you think us Americans do, is we just huck dynamite into the lake and go at it? Uh, no, not just Americans. That, that's us as well. Okay. We do have the exploding targets, which is pretty entertaining, I'm told. Mm. Um, but uh, I've been fishing three times in the last week, and I've not caught a fish yet. So no fish since the 90s. We'll see what happens. Mm. I did catch a tick. At least something. It is something. Or maybe the tick caught you. Maybe. Well, if I uh, I have Lyme disease at some point, you guys heard the beginning of it. So, <laughs> you ready for some of my dumb questions? Yeah. Uh, haven't they all been? Fuck you. All right? <laughs> Fuck you and your your universal health care. Actually, I let's can talk get about Lyme that. disease and I will have health care, so it's no problem. I got insurance. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'm just beyond curious. Uh, I got to ask everybody that has that. You guys do have socialized healthcare, right? Universal healthcare. Yeah. Overall, is that does that work out pretty well for you guys, or are there some flaws to that? Um, I think it comes back to whole not abusing the system. It's been the main theme of this evening. Uh, but yeah, on a whole, yes, it works. But it has issues. Um, during like some vacations, there's not a lot, not, not enough nurses. I know people who are supposed to have a kid during the summer. They go to Finland because they don't think they're gonna get a spot in the hospital. Stuff like that. But I mean, if you yeah. have, yeah. So that's that's the thing. Mm, it comes back to people abusing the system. You know, a lot of uh, problems we have within our world is uh, abuse, abuse of the system, I yeah. think is uh, something we've learned. Problems we have in the world are dumbasses, morons, yeah. and stupid people. Yeah. Less of them, less problems. You're sounding like somebody else from Europe, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not advertising I'm going to put everyone in a big shower and fix it. You know what no. I just fucking heard the other day, mm-hmm. which I'm like, eh, the internet, nothing is, nothing's out of bounds on the internet. Mm-hmm. And there is seriously some fucking crazy shit you'll hear in the comment sections of stuff. Yeah. But I, and again, I shouldn't read it. Sometimes it's entertainment. And then sometimes you're like, what the fuck did I just read? And I don't even know, God, this must've been some kind of dark meme if it got to this point, but somebody was uh, something about world war two. And they commented, they said, you know that the reason all these people died in concentration camps was because of the Allies, because they disrupted the the uh, the rail lines. And so the Germans couldn't feed the people in the camps and that the the shower thing was made up and they were actually giving them medicine in the shower. And I'm just like, fucking shit. 
you could make up anything you want on the internet and somebody's going to read that yeah and run with it and it's mm-hmm. just like i don't i don't this is insane although my kids asked me today he's like do you think the moon landing was real and i said yes and mm-hmm. i do think it's real yeah but if that ever comes out as being faked i don't i officially don't believe the government account of anything ever yeah. ever again no done with it um yeah, i think that's we had this discussion work um uh, a couple of weeks ago that before the internet when we had the village idiot who thought like yeah the concentration camps were faked and stuff like that the rest of the village just ignored them they were rambling about outside of the supermarket but no one paid any attention then you give them twitter or internet and then they have a following or find other village idiots and now we have a village full of idiots it's yeah wow. it's just, mm-hmm. i've never thought about i mean like i i've heard it said in a different way but i think that's a probably one of the best analogies i've heard <laughs> for it is that it's exactly i mean you know it gives a voice to people that don't need a voice which people are going to hear that everyone <laughs> needs a voice no they don't no they don't <laughs> they don't they don't need a voice they just <laughs> shut the fuck up you know mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know what they're talking about, you know, and that that is uh, why we're in a lot of predicaments right now. Mm-hmm. I think we've evolved. Uh, the Internet's evolved quicker than we have evolved mm-hmm. and we haven't figured out how to deal with it. So hopefully our kids or their kids figure it out and we can live in uh, harmony with our universal health care and all that. So, you and know, unicorns and rainbows, and unicorns like and rainbows and death yeah. metal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing about universal health care that I think is interesting on its premise, I'm like, okay, I get it. Um, because here we have the insurance companies and then we have the whole legal system, mm. the, basically the medical complex where doctors have to have crazy insurance because of like frivolous lawsuits. Yep. And it's a mess here. Mm. But you, you're probably not going to have to worry. You're probably not going to have to worry about, you know, getting a spot to have your baby. Mm. Not something that's going to happen here, I don't think. So I I don't know that human beings have figured out the best way to do healthcare because I could totally see yeah yeah let's pay the shit out of doctors. Mm-hmm. Where like in Sweden, I'm sure their salary is probably capped at a certain amount, right? I'm not sure if it's capped, but they make enough to get by. But it's not it's not you can't really compete with a salary as a doctor in Sweden yeah. because all the hospitals, I mean, it's state funded. So you can't say, I want this amount or I'm going to that hospital. Because they would say, yeah, well, we own that hospital all the way as well. Fuck you. So we do have private clinics as well. We have like a dual system because we have private medical facilities as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And more and more people are getting the private uh, health insurance because of the reasons like not getting a spot for your baby. Yeah, I think there's definitely flaws with all the systems. Mm. I don't know. Oh, I don't know the answer. Again, it all works great when people are doing what they're supposed to. Yeah. Do. All these systems work fantastic as long as people aren't exploiting mm. them. And people exploit I think a lot of government systems could work. Yeah. If people didn't exploit them. Yeah. That's yeah. And if the in... problem is people. We are yeah. the problem. Always and if this is the people being governed, it's the governed. I mean, then you have corruption, people wanting to Put a little extra in their pockets and exactly so people are a problem. 
Remember, everybody bitches about the government. The government is people. People bitch about corporations. Corporations are people. Mm. It's all people. Just remember that. Don't be a shitbag. Now, my dumb questions. Dumber questions than the dumb Mm. questions I've already answered. Asked you. Would you do it again? Yeah. Would you become a cop? Yeah. Yeah. I would. Because I'm stupid. <laughs> Fucking I love it. You know, for all the dumb stuff there is and the, the stress and the heartache, mm. God, you get to do some cool shit every once mm. in a while. What is the stupidest thing you ever did as a new cop? Um, yeah, I think uh, we stopped a car with uh, some shady people in it. And I wasn't certain enough what if we can stop and search all of them or do anything else. There's like a driver and like three more people in the car. And the, the, looking back on it, I mean, they were criminals. Maybe they have been robbed somewhere or they were full of drugs in the car or something like that, but either of And looked at the car, looked at his driver's license, everything checked out. Couldn't really get locked in my brain because what the fuck am I allowed to do? Okay, have a nice evening. Bye-bye. And let them drive off. <laughs> Didn't really stop to think that maybe, maybe I could search the car? So, yeah. It was... This is stupid on the law side. I don't know if there's some other stupid things, but it involves climbing and balconies and stuff like that. So, You know, the legal stuff, when you're first learning it, I'm sure yeah. I let some people go that I fucking had and I didn't even know mm-hmm. it. The nuances of the law, I'm sure, here and there are interesting. So you're scared of you know, making a mistake. Exactly. Because, Which I think uh, is, is normal. Yeah, 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 it is. But looking back at anything, you've done two years of university. You have six months left. You have to just get through these six months and then you're done. Then you're a police officer. You don't want to make mistakes. Because then two years have been for nothing. Do you have a favorite dead guy call? Yeah, I do. <laughs> All right. Um, just trying to formulate this so I'm not doxing myself. Okay. Um, it involves a sex swing and a lot of latex. <laughs> and then a doctor showing up. Because how it works here is you have to call a doctor to pronounce someone dead. Okay. Um, so we are at the scenes when and this doctor comes, shows up, he's the one pronounced him dead. And his question is, Did you put him in the bag? And the bag being a full latex suit. Like the gimp suit. Mm. No, no, we did not put him in a gimp suit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm, yeah. It sounds like a good time, you know? <laughs> yeah, he went out swinging, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That is one thing I won't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the bondage thing, but uh, each their own. Yeah. 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 I think this whole topic is just that's a cop thing. Because you can't have these conversations anywhere else. 
Yeah. We had a colleague who left the department for a while, then he came back. And we were asking him, how did you like it? How was it just being a civilian? Well, it was nice. I liked it. But just figured out that floaters is not an okay subject around the lunch table. No, sure not. <laughs> no. What is something you wish you knew? Uh, let me rephrase that. What's something you wish you learned in the academy, but you didn't learn until you were out on the road? I think because the academy is very well academic, so you get a lot of this is how it's supposed to work like a nice little box you're not encouraged to think outside this box um so i think being able to apply laws and regulations in a little wider sense or yeah thinking outside the box basically imagine that imagine a world where we can use common sense the logic <laughs> to solve our problems yeah we can all, all to ride on a unicorns towards the rainbow. What, in your opinion, or who, in your opinion, is the greatest musical act to come out of Sweden? Don't say fucking ABBA. Don't say ABBA. You're going to say ABBA. I'm not going to say ABBA because I do not like that kind of thing. In flames. Oh, I didn't realize they were a Swedish band. Yeah, I've heard of them. Gothenburg. No ghosts, but whatever. Yeah, uh, ghosts is up there, but for me, I think in flames. Is ghosts very popular in Sweden, or is that? I, I mean, they're obviously they're pretty big here in the states. Hmm. Are they as popular there as they are here? They are popular, but not. <clears throat> I mean, they don't get an special amount of radio time. Um, we have a few like metal radio stations and the play ghosts to get something new, but not more than others. I think maybe Sweden as a whole, whole don't really understand ghosts. It's metalheads who does. Okay. And there's less of us here than maybe in the States. What is the proudest moment of your career? I could say doing this, doing that, and this and that, bust, resting this and that person, but I actually think just graduating. Because it was the end of something I wanted for longer than I probably knew I wanted it. And when it was done, when you got your badge handed to you and just the ceremony, ceremony and stuff like that, that felt good. I was proud of myself, my accomplishments. I like that, man. I like that. I, it's a simple answer, and other people have given it, but mm. it's a real thing, man. Just that yeah. accomplishment of getting through. Because drug bust and stuff, that's the job. But I wouldn't be doing the job if I didn't graduate. Would you want your kid to be a cop? If she wanted. Um... I want her to be happy. So if that's what she wants, absolutely. I would tell her the reality and how it is. I would probably scare shitless. But if that's what she wanted, I'd support it. But also keep it realistic. 
it's not unicorns and rainbows. It's floaters and people shooting their heads off and hand grenades being thrown at you and your kids being threatened. So I let her know the reality. But if she wanted, sure. So the next part of the podcast is uh, our ghost and extraterrestrial type questions. Have you had any... <laughs> Not that kind of ghost. Don't get excited. <laughs> uh, have you have any had any paranormal? Actually, have have you had any Tobias Forge experience? I just assume everybody knows him. Have you I'm met him? Are you no, his friend? I'm not. Okay. Do you have any paranormal or uh, extraterrestrial stories to share with the millions of listeners? I think I'm pretty spared on that account, actually. So no. In the United really. States, there's like a, a, I don't know, I think a subculture where people are really into that stuff. Does that mm. exist in Sweden too? I mean, there, there are people, we're speaking of Swedish television shows, we had one like psychics going around looking for goats and people's past lives and stuff like that. But not, it's not big on a, on a grander scale. No. We have our tinfoil hat people. But not. Nah. What is the uh, best patrol car of all time? Well, since we don't have crown wicks, I can't say crown, crown wick because I haven't you, I, tried it. I mean, no one, no one's stopping you from saying crown vic. Yeah, crown I'm wick. certainly not. Yeah. What do you? What kind of cars are you rolling with up there? Um, Volvo mostly. Uh, Volvo XC60 is the one we got now. I like the SUV. Um, I'd say the best one is the that I've driven and we have here is the Volvo XC70. Okay. That, okay. It's a little tank that you can load a lot of shit in. All right. Here's the deal. Um, no one cares about Sweden. No one cares about Swedish mm. fish. No one cares about IKEA. No one cares about my thought on uh, world politics. People want to know dragon if that's your real name <laughs> have dun, dun, you dun. ever shit your pants as an adult no and i'm not a liar i just have a very weird sense of that i have i like to do what we call a preemptive poo mm. 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 when uh, you're able to and you feel and you have the time then you go take that bird is a liar <laughs> liar where was the liar whore one I love that one I can't find that one <laughs> liar I assume with the the Swedish what's what's the diet of the Swedish I mean do you guys not eat many foods that would cause you to shit your pants mm. I don't know what kind of Food you eat to shit your pants if you oh, Mexican problem you yeah Mexican. no no I mean Swedish you guys don't food. eat Mexican food we have I mean we have a Taco Fridays kind of essential part of being a Swede to have tacos on Fridays but then you do it in the comfort of your own home and your own toilet uh, we don't have a lot of Mexican restaurants and stuff like that uh, it's not a big thing for people to eat out hmm. interesting. I mean, we have the Swedish cuisine is basically what you could store during winter when it's dark and nothing grows and it's dead and you're depressed. 
So if you can eat it then, well, we'll have it now. A lot of salted fish, not Swedish fish, uh, meatballs. We have a lot of uh, different kind of meats. And we use a lot of the animals. We have something called pulsa, which is basically intestine, heart, kidneys, put in the blender, add some salt and some corn profit. Okay. I mean, that doesn't sound horrible. Mm, it's not. It's really nice. Unless you know what's in it, because that tends to freak people out. Yeah, I feel like part of the American issue is we uh, we eat a lot of preservatives and shit. Mm, yes. It makes us fat and it makes us shit our pants. Mm, it comes back to the cost of it getting does. good stuff. We've uh, we've solved a lot of world issues here today, bud. Mm-hmm. Do you have any imparting words of uh, wisdom for all the millions of listeners out there? People are the problem. They suck. But they're also the solution. You keep saying words similar to the sky, but whatever. <laughs> um, well, you guys know what to do. Uh, to support this very poorly made podcast, please, please make sure you're taking care of the fine sponsors of the podcast that allow this to continue and happen. Make sure you tell a friend or somebody you think that would be into uh, hearing about cops all over the world, over the country, different thoughts and opinions. And, uh, you know, all those things you guys do, it is uh, greatly appreciated. Obviously, go check out Ghost Patch and uh, buy yourself some nice poorly made merch there or on my spring site. With that said, remember, what what did you say about the hockey players? (laughs) Oh, with that said, remember, sometimes problems are created by people that do not come from countries that play hockey. I love most of you. Bye bye.